It's very difficult for Manchester United to stop that. What do you want them to do? Come out and deny every single link. With 22 links to different players on one day last week alone. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. That's full time. That's full time. James O'Donoghue who's standing by in Croke Park. That's full time, James. Yes, and there is history here. First penalty shootout oh my in God. Croke Park. This is going to be this phenomenal. This is insane. The place is absolutely rocking. Like, there's a full stadium here, and we're going to see a penalty shootout. Which I end? I can tell you now, Which there end is, is going like, to be some serious nerves in both those teams. Armagh, certainly Hill 16. What about the canal? Yeah, I, do you know what? From seeing the soccer penalty shootouts, I don't know, do you want to be shooting into your, into your own supporters? Like, you're... <laughs> It can be a distraction. I'd nearly rather want to shoot into into somewhere with the opposition supporters just so you're away from your own crowd. I don't know, it's kind of a mental thing. We'll see. It's going to be a toss. I'm not sure where they're going to, to shoot into, but it is going to be absolutely riveting watch. I cannot wait for it. I can't believe this has gone to penalties. Obviously, as soon as extra time was was going on, we were like, hopefully penalties, and it has, it has happened. But I... I don't know what I want to be in the shoes of, of those boys out there who are lining up. Taken into the hill as well because you'd want to, you'd want to be going up to the crowd after scoring your penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the Klinsman has dive afterwards into the, into the hill. What but was I, Shane? What was Shane? What Shane Walsh was getting treatment. The last we saw on the TV, he was down under the Hogan stand, lying on his back. What, did he get up? Did they patch him up? Because I'm assuming he'd be a banker for a penalty for Galway, but he looked like he was in a bad way. Did he pick himself up? He did. He walked gingerly back into the group. He's there. He's kind of on the outside of the group in the huddle at the moment. He doesn't look great, to be fair, but he's walking. He's definitely going to step up and take a penalty, I'd imagine. Even if you did have a knock there, a short run up and, and strike a clean, I think he, he should be okay for it. You'd be hoping that he'll take probably the first one, get them off, get them off the mark. I, if I was, if I was the the management teams I'd be putting my best takers early get them on the board because oh, as yeah. you go on you get more and more nervy so if you have a fellow who's not used to taking a penalty and unbelievably nervous in front of a full crowd in Crow Park there is a good chance he's going to miss so you have to get the scores under the belt early in the shootout well don't do Mo Salah for Egypt just get your best fellas up there first and yeah. go as deep as you can and hope there is a degree of lottery around a GDA penalty shootout I think no, that's less no, less the no, case no, less no, the case no, with soccer no but with GDA no. there is a degree of lottery there's no way these guys have practiced these nearly enough to guarantee anything go on you disagree with me I do disagree it's not a lottery it's a penalty shootout it's about nerve and skill and, you, and they should have practiced okay they mightn't have practiced in this environment there's no way you can replicate the environment they're in at the moment but particularly the goalkeepers and you have to have five or six guys who are who know if they're on the pitch come the end of the game they're taking a penalty this isn't this shouldn't be a surprise to any of them or it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be something that they're standing there going I wasn't expecting this it's obviously not something you spend a lot of time preparing for but it definitely some, should have been something that they would have discussed in the week leading into the game and likely practiced as well I'm actually interested to see if any of the goalkeepers I know you talk about soccer you'd often see the goalkeeping coach or someone coming over nearly saying well this is where like where's Shane Walsh gone with his last three or four penalties it wouldn't be hard for Armagh to have that information or where does Rory Grugan go with his penalties you know so little things like that um, small attention to detail would I would say wouldn't be wouldn't be too hard to find So is Conor Gleeson still in goal for Galway James? Yes he is indeed unless they're making well they can't make a change now because the game is the game Done. is over so you can't make any changes so yeah he's in goals and for Armagh we have Rafferty at the moment unless I can't see them changing that um, they didn't make a substitution in normal time so I imagine Rafferty no he, he's an outfielder for his club I can't imagine him being the most natural 
shot stopper, even though he did make some good saves during the match, but I'd imagine Rafferty was standing for this. So is Rafferty a goalkeeper who's come relatively late to the position, converted from outfield because of his playing abilities, which to be fair we did see on show, but he, he wouldn't have is there a sense he wouldn't have grown up saving shots day in day out of his life well he didn't he was an inter-county midfielder for a while like he's, he's experienced outfield with Armagh yeah. and it, it very much is just his skill set in terms of his high field and his kick and his, his, his kind of obviously his communication his reading of the game all the other skills a goalkeeper needs so yeah I don't think shot stopping would have been his primary and, and you know what to me I wonder do they think of a Louis van Gaal can we Danny get our substitute is, is on he's encouraging him to do a grobble there here in the middle of the field uh, do you know I was actually thinking I actually think he'll take more chances I think he will go earlier or he'll stand to the side or he will do things like that because he's not naturally I don't think he's as natural in terms of he obviously hasn't faced as many penalties see this is very interesting as James says Donaghy is in Rafferty's face and like all the energy you associate with Donaghy and he is telling him you do whatever you can on that line to put them off hijinks back off your line run forward the grobbler and I think again contrary to your point Mossy I think what he's saying here is the lads taking these penalties are not used to it play with them hmm Oh, 100% have your water bottle the far side of the post so when they walk up the longer one, if you're a penalty taker the, the, the worst time is when the ball has been placed when, once you place that ball you want to go back and have a relatively clean routine where yeah. you know it's, you're in control if you're putting the ball on the spot and the keeper walks around and gets his water bottle or fixes his boot off the post or that type of stuff the stuff you see regularly that's a, that's, I, I think that's where you've risked coming out of your comfort zone or coming out of your routine or you have a second there to, to second guess am I going to the right corner here or will I wait to see if he moves so I think either keeper should be doing that to be honest with you James what end are they going to? They have decided against the hill. They're into the canal end, so it'll be very interesting. They're actually they've lined up in their fives. So oh, brilliant. Rafferty seems to be one of the penalty takers, as well as obviously the keeper. So it looks like Rafferty, Reno O'Neill, Stephen Campbell. Yeah, Mac- I can't see the other two. I think Mackin's one of them. Is he the sub that came in? Is it the twenty-two? I think he came in as a sub. Yeah, I'd back Mackin. And I think it's Niall Rowland who took that last shot, which was a crazy decision, by the way, that outside the right with the last play. Yeah. Have to work a score there. Um, and then on the Galway side, we're looking at Kieran Malloy. We're looking at Shane Walsh. We're looking Damien at Comer. Comer and Finnerty. Yeah. And I think well, a shot woman just can't see. If I'm not mistaken, as far as I know, these are the penalty takers. So just say it's five all or three all at the end of the five. I think these go back again. Like it's not you don't yes, go down to is. other guys on the. Like it's the, Matthew Tierney that's the fifth. Yeah. So do. they go round and around and around. Yeah. 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 So and they're separated from their team. So you have you have the five penalty takers for Galway and your five penalty takers for Armagh. They're on the 45 yard line, and then the rest of their teams are behind them on the 65 yard line. So there's a lot of bodies on the field, mm. but you're separated. You're in your fives here at this stage, and there is a lot of time for thinking about what you're going to do. It is very, I mean, it's very different to soccer in some respects, because as you say, the five are separated from the group. And usually in soccer, we see the group all together and whoever's taking the penalty leaves them and walks off. So all these little minute differences. What an opportunity here for a goalkeeper to be a hero. Like your first ever penalty shootout in Crow Park. If you can save one or two, get your team through 
you've your place in history forever. Do you know, it's an opportunity for the goalies. There was a pretty cool shot of them there on the TV there, James. I don't know if it's on the screen, but the two of them, I don't know how close they are, but in proximity on the cameras, the two of them were kind of having a small little interaction with each other and you could see them smiling. I think Rafferty yeah. was the one, inter- one, one instigating it, but you could see Rafferty looks far more comfortable. He's far more relaxed to me, looking at it anyway on the screen. Now, obviously, how that translates into actually saving penalties would be a different story, but he probably is a little bit less to lose here. You know, not maybe the expectation is, isn't as high on him to save a penalty but, um, true he's but up, he's, he's going to have the pressure to come out and take one as well that's true so this could this could be the Eaton Rafferty show if he saves one and pings one in yeah I'm not sure which order but I heard something uh, interesting I think it was on it was actually on an off the ball show where you're saying a goalie should be good penalty takers because they're used to putting Kicking. the ball down and actually driving a clean strike yeah like at this stage the goalies probably haven't done you know Rafferty's different but they haven't put up much mileage so they're not tired mm. in the legs so they probably get a more accurate strike on we're going to let you go for just the time being James we'll be back to you when this okay. penalty shoot is concluded Shane Walsh first yeah we're watching here you can keep an ear and we'll be back to you the second the winning or losing penalty kick is taken so first kick is Shane Walsh Shane Walsh up against Armaz Ethan Rafferty in the goal it's Shane Walsh no surprises they've gone with their marquee man get us off to a good start Mossy that's all you can do I'm nervous for the guy at this stage Penenka oh my goodness <laughs> I don't think GA goalkeepers should necessarily dive either the goals are that bit smaller here goes Shane Walsh I think he goes to the keeper's left and you can see Ethan Rafferty is moving oh it's a great penalty Rafferty went the right way and Shane Walsh uh, buried it from his perspective to the right hand side actually in replay Rafferty should have saved that yeah it was to the keeper's left and you could see he was kind of looked to me Rafferty was always going that way and it was probably you hear that it was a nice height from him maybe it was kind of the step he took beforehand he took a step to the right and by the time he then got back down he didn't save it so you can see David Coldrick in He's in reminding the Galway goalkeeper that he needs to stay on his line. You can move across the line um, as Stefan Campbell's about to step up. He's had, a, he's had a brilliant game for Armagh from open play. He's been a real leader for them this year. He's really, really kicked on and it's by far been his best year. And Stutter steps as he starts his run. Oh, oh he's blazed it over. He's blazed it over. Stefan Campbell. The stutter steps always make you a bit nervous. and It's wide and it's over and... Gleeson in the Galway goal went the wrong way he did he, he wasn't going to get close to it anyway if, if Campbell had kept it on target but that's a that's a, a big pe- start that's yeah, a bad penalty it was a poor penalty yeah that was poor I think this is my point to you you wouldn't see that in a soccer penalty not as bad as that really I don't think so I don't think so I think there are nerves here and there's such an unfamiliarity about the whole thing Damien Comer next up for Galway and again they're going with their marquee men Stephen Campbell you'd fancy as well but it just shows pressure yeah, I'd be there you can see Rafferty with the water bottle the far side of the post as uh, as Damien's placing the ball. I think Damien's going for power here anyway. I'd be surprised if it was anything other than um, a lot of force. Now again, you can see Rafferty's moving around to the lot, around a lot on the line. Here goes Comer running up, shoots. Oh, he slides Very it beautifully nice. to his right keeper's left, and Rafferty goes the wrong way. I thought he'd go for power as well mm. and he didn't. He placed it and placed it really nicely. Big chance uh, for Galway here. Galway are two goals to zero up. Arma have a penalty in hand which is never easy. There is, certainly in football, it is more difficult to kick penalties to stay in the hunt than it is to actually win or to uh, extend your lead and it's Reno O'Neill who kicked that amazing free to 
bring it to extra time. Here goes Rhiannon. Oh, it's a carbon copy of Comer's. Great penalty, yeah. He wasted no time. He had the ball between having the ball on the spot and back and ready to go. And you could see Coldrick. Coldrick made sure the keeper was ready to go as well. So there was no messing around that time. And again, big, big score for Armad. They needed that. You get the sense if, they, if he'd missed that one, I think Fairness. they probably would have been yeah dead and buried. So 2-1. Two, yeah. 2-1 two, after two penalties each to Galway. Yeah, here's uh, I think it's Rob Finnerty. He's had a brilliant game uh, again. Very accurate forward, uh, real stylish. I, I've seen him. I saw him Sigerson earlier on this year, and he was uh, very good from dead balls, frees, and forty fives. And he's had a good game here today. And uh, left foot, left footer Rob Finnerty, the number thirteen for Galway. He's had a good game, left footer, and it's a beautiful penalty. He opens out his body. He goes top left corner with the left foot. Rafferty dived the right way but couldn't get to it. Always ballsy to go that bit high, I think. Yeah, it was. And I'm looking, I'm wondering is Rafferty, and in fairness, just based on, again, his limited experience as a keeper, he's nearly waiting to see where they're going and then diving to that side, hoping that he'll get there. And if it's a not, if it's a poor penalty, he might get there. And obviously that was well placed into the corner, but mm. that seems to be the tactic he's going with rather than kind of maybe guessing or trying to anticipate which corner it's going to. So pressure back on Armagh again. Pressure back on Armagh as well. So here we go. Penalty is struck and it's off the post. Yeah. Connor Turbot off the bench for Armagh. Connor Turbot. Uh, this is the heartbreaking aspect. It's John Terry style off the post in the wet and away harmlessly. And that could be the writing on the wall for Armagh. And you can just see it in his face. That is horrific. He knows. Oh, he's cursing himself as he walks back. Yeah, that's very tough. And again, it was a, it was a well struck penalty. Yeah. Again, you're 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 dealing in in centimeters there from it being a brilliant penalty. And again, the goalkeeper gone the wrong way. So, I think it was that's the two Armagh misses of both being off target, which is the frustration from their side. Off the post is cruel. Yeah. Off the post is cruel. So it's a big advantage Galway. Armagh have missed two, and now Matthew uh, Tierney. It is. Yeah, is he's stepping up for Galway. Yeah. Matthew Tierney, also a left footer. Oh, it's a fantastic penalty and that is it. Is that Galway the champions? Yeah, yeah. Not the champions. Champions, champions yeah. of the penalty shootout, Joe. <laughs> it feels like it. James O'Donoghue, Galway through. Wow. Some great penalties there. I was very surprised at how cool and composed everyone was, especially the Galway boys. What was interesting, every single player opened their body for the penalty. Mm. Nobody went across the body with power. I, I thought it was just interesting. Usually that would be your tried and trusted penalty where you put it down and you ping it across your body, but everyone opened their body. Yeah, and it's true. The two Armagh boys, one, both missed the target. You know, they didn't even let Conor Gleeson make the save and, you know, they, you live and die by that. Wow. So the Galway penalties were quality. Rafferty perhaps should have saved an early one Shane Walsh's. Shane Walsh's, the first one. It almost, yes. it, was, it was medium height off the ground and Rafferty dived with his hands spread and the ball actually went between his hands yeah he's not a natural goalkeeper like to have a, a top quality shot stopper there is a huge advantage the Galway players seem relaxed when they were up taking them but look all you can say is hit the target put it in the corner put a bit of pace on it and as you said sometimes you just need that bit of luck it goes, it goes under the hand or maybe through the hands I wonder did Armagh have a shot stopper on the bench as their backup keeper I don't know well enough they if they did They have Blaine Hughes who is um, an out-and-out goalkeeper. Yeah. You, just um, want, you just wonder with a minute left of extra time do you make that substitution and you explain it to Rafferty and say look you'll understand yourself. 
I know hindsight is everything, yeah. but I like it kept you'd be tempted. Yeah, and again, but did they have possession nearly as they were coming near the end? And Rafferty was such a key part that I'm even getting. I know they went one up to go before before McDade kicked the equaliser. So again, you're probably looking at it, and you'd nearly want to be making that call right on. As Coldridge's putting the lips to the mouth, you're nearly trying to make that yes. call. So it, it, it's very Point. tough for for the the Armagh management at that stage of the game. But especially when it's Rafferty, Rafferty set up the point to put Armagh one up yeah. with 30 seconds yeah. to play so he was involved in the play right up until the end there wasn't actually a window to take him off it's a great point yeah, yeah it's a great point I mean hindsight arguments are everything so difficult well there we are I mean that is just drama to the end Shane Walsh for Galway and then Stefan Campbell missed and then Comer slotted his away beautifully we, we both felt here Comer was going to go for power James in, in yeah. advance and yeah. he didn't at all I was listening to you. He did. He kind of lined up as if he was going to blast it, and then he just beautifully opened his body and slid it. He used a little bit of grease on the surface, but to be fair, all the Galway penalties were brilliant. But I'm just watching the Galway players here. They are absolutely delighted. This will put, bring them on leaps and bounds. How close they're going to be after this? First of all, they were terrible in the first half. They brought it out in the second half and actually performed well. They were up, and next thing there was a massive brawl out. They stuck together dug it out an extra time they were up and down and in and out and now to, to, to actually win the game on a penalty shooter I think that they will come together as a group so much from this so I think they are going to be very dangerous from here on well they have managed just two wins at Crow Park in their last 17 this has been something of a graveyard for them so to come through an encounter like this and you know the various aspects of this encounter will give them a real sense of purpose and belief and look they'll look at Derry now James every bit as much as Derry will look at them and say we've got a chance here yeah, I think both sides are going to look at that game and think that they can certainly win it. I mean, Derry came through a great game um, yesterday. Realistically, did they get as much of a test as Galway here? Not really. Um, and the penalty shootout, I just think, in terms of camaraderie and team spirit, to win like that, it is incredible. The way they celebrated after winning, it was like they won the All-Ireland. So I just think that that would give them a serious boost going forward. And look... We'll have to wait and see. Are they going to be missing players for the semi-final? That's going to be a massive question that has to be asked. The CCCC are going to have to step in. They might have to suspend a couple of players. I'm sure there'll be appeals. It'll be drama. It'll be a distraction for them. But if they can keep it together mentally, then I give them every chance against Derry. I mean, I don't really know how the CCCC thing works. I'm just generally of the opinion most are, which is that appeals go in and are generally one mossy. Yeah. And it's embarrassing for the GA actually at this stage because it's become a running joke. But whatever Galway can throw at it, depending on who's off, they will throw it at it. They will, and I suppose look, even in the last couple of weeks we've seen with the, from the hurling side of things, it's the I suppose the lack of consistency or the lack, like there's guys getting off in technicalities. They're not getting off because they're proven or they were, you know it was incorrect the decision that was made or was a case of the wrong man or was a case of it was the wrong call or whatever that's a lot of the time in the GA it's, it's on a technicality it's on a bylaw it's on something like that so I think that's the frustration with a lot of supporters and that's why based on the history of it they're so cynical of it when you hear someone or see someone getting a red card the automatic reaction is should that probably be appealed and there's a high, upper, high chance that they'll be playing anyway so um yeah, it's definitely something. Look, there's loads of things in the GA that you'd be you'd be kind of looking at to to try and uh, amend slightly, and and that will be one of them anyway. Killian McDade, James June is uh, man of the match interview. Uh, that was one one from him in extra time, I think. 
Yeah, he was outstanding. As we said, if someone could come up with a bit of athleticism and just show the legs, but then you also have to get into the position and pull the trigger and be accurate. So it's so hard when you're tired and there's so much on the line. But the way he powered through for the goal and just punted it into the bottom corner was class. And then they were a point down. Show a bit of leadership. Who's going to step up and pull the trigger? He didn't go for a safe shot. He took it from... I'd say 35 yards out over towards the Cusack stand with his right leg so he had to it was kind of a with the right from the right kind of a, a kick and he just curled it over the bar it was absolutely beautiful score and you could see the Armagh heads, heads drop they knew it was penalties at that stage but he did show tremendous leadership in fairness to Killian O'Dave Mossy James only saw the melee in real time and didn't have TV cameras in front of him we've had the benefit of TV cameras and several replays it was a fairly feisty one at anyway but the gouging incident and it's been replayed several times on television is so egregious it will probably still overshadow even this piece of history and the first penalty shootout at Crow Park because it was as ugly a thing as any of us have seen on a GA pitch really yeah it was really bad Joe and, and the penalty shootout element the fact that it's the first one and the manner in the full house and that might kind of if you're thinking about a front page tomorrow yeah. the front page might be the penalty shootout rather than the but up until like if if, if Armad had won by a point the front picture on the front page tomorrow would have been the row it'll be both pictures it'll now, probably be yeah. yeah so um but yeah, that one in particular, it seems from the footage that we've seen, it's fairly. It shouldn't be a big task to identify. It looked like it was an um, an untogged player, part of the Armagh setup that seemed to get involved with Damien Comer, and it seems a fairly clear case of certainly going for his face, gouging at his eyes. So um, you'd imagine there'd be a. a what is the requisite ban for that? Again, you get into the GA rule book. I don't know in terms of, but but we have to start we have to start drawing a line in the sand and saying look this is unacceptable this isn't something that we can stand over and particularly and even at that you could get into different levels of it why is somebody who's not togged out having access to players on the pitch so that's another thing so you could argue I'm sure there's a different layer in the rule book that you're not togged out and it was it was outside of the match time so there's probably different elements of what he can be charged with or, or, or um, from that side of things from a disciplinary side of things but like if it's one of these he's, he misses one game or misses and it is on it so again my understanding usually if it happens in a game it's on a game suspension where sometimes if it goes to a if it is a disorderly conduct or whatever it might be from a from outside of the playing game it can then go to a time suspension so it could be a two months or three months or four months and then it affects your club and your county and different things like that so there are different different elements to the and someone who knows the real book better probably text in and let us know but it was yeah. but there is but again, when you see it as clearly as you see it, and, and I actually think, I think one of the reasons, I think Sean Kelly got sent off for Galway, um, he actually came over and reacted. I think the punch he threw was in, in, he kind of reacted. He saw what happened to Comer, and as he pulled the guy off Comer, he kind of threw a punch at him. And he's now got a red card. He's now likely facing a suspension for the All-Ireland semi-final. And again, James is talking about camaraderie and team spirit and all that. Like, geez, if you see someone on your team getting gouged like that, like, I know someone will say oh he shouldn't have thrown the punch but geez, it's very hard when you see something as blatant as that and as bad as that to not react um, and uh, so he'll end up with impact Galway going forward on that side of things but certainly from an Armagh perspective um, the the individual shouldn't hard, be hard to identify where it started is I suppose I won't say it's ir- irrelevant but it looked like it was Comer and Fork they were going at each other quite a bit and I, I could be wrong with that but certainly from the bit of the footage it showed they were the first two over on the sideline and um, but it was just the numbers it expanded so quickly sometimes you see them starting and it yeah. kind of and it kind of fizzles out but it felt like because both sets of 
players were going into the tunnel then both sets of management teams were coming then you obviously had the additional squad members who weren't togged out coming all of a sudden there was little mini rails breaking up left and right from yeah. people pulling left so that just added to it and which which made it really poor We're just seeing the footage again James I know you're not I somehow suspect they're not showing this on loop on the uh, Crow Park no. uh, television so it initially gets out of hand very very quickly there's two players on the ground then Donaghy is in there very much as peacemaker and he's trying to talk sense into people and then we're seeing Comer and at this stage it's everyone holding each other and Comer's two hands aren't there to protect his face Comer is holding the jersey of another player who's holding his jersey it's that kind of situation and then it was actually a Galway sub it wasn't Sean Kelly who threw who, who, threw, who the punch. threw the punch at okay. the guy who was gouging Comer the hand, you, and the you hand. can actually see McDade is there over to the guy he's in a kind of a gilet and a, and a top and you can see McDade making the they all saw it like it was so obvious to gouge and, the, and you can see you can see the Galway players and Galway subs remonstrating saying this is what's after happening you yeah. know So and look maybe that's one where David Coldrick the guy's not in involved in the match day 26 from, an, uh, from a discipline point of view on the game day itself they obviously don't go near him and that's something that will obviously be dealt with this week um, from the CCCC yeah but the, I mean the gouge injected a whole other level into the melee because it was it was at that stage James I'm sure look we see it all the time where it's like lads are almost half smiling at each other but like grimacing and they're, they're grabbing onto each other's jerseys and as is customary they're trying to rip each other's jerseys and there's a lot on there no one's actually throwing punches it's well there's two on the ground and it's not like it's not good but the gouge escalates thing to a whole other level it, it's like fuel on the fire and the alleged gouger almost gets dragged away and several Galway players go after him and then there's they all fall to the ground and it's just a pile of bodies there and at that stage we're into really ugly territory it did take off very quickly here like it started when the free went over once the free went over the bar all the Armagh forwards were kind of pushing their Galway counterparts in the chest and there was a bit of that messing going on and that continued as they were running off the field because the the whistle went straight after the kickoff so they were kind of pushing each other all the way over to the to the entrance to the dressing rooms there and then the, the, it was just a bottleneck so they all got caught up and then as soon as that gouging happened now we couldn't see it but I, I know the timing that did happen because about four fellas hit the deck after it, they were just pulled down so it, it's very easy when you start off any bit of messing at all yeah. one fella can, can ignite that whole thing by doing something stupid fellas the GA has, has a problem on this front like there's just no other sport still in 2022 that's going on with this carry on and the GAA it's almost like taking us off sure we can't stamp that out of the GA. every other sport stamps it out like it is an embarrassment to the sport and it's, it's actually it's amateur in the worst sense of the word this constant melee like we've seen it a few times this season I don't know. They've had a. They will have had a huge audience watching this game. It was a packed crowd park. If it's not a line in the sand where the GEA actually sort this out and sort out their disciplinary process, I don't think they're going to ever do it. Or certainly another decade will go by before they get serious about it again. Uh, name me another sport where this happens as routinely as in the GEA. Yeah, it's hard to, and uh, and that's why you would like to think there will be a line in the sand. And and again, for a while they used to try where the third man in was always the one dealt with, and that and that was the one. Like if there was two lads going at it, let the referee deal with the two of them. But the next the next person in, even if he comes in and pretends to be peacemaker, whatever it is, he gets dealt with. Yeah. So that takes away the that should tell every other player Grand, if you want to get involved that's fine but you're getting a red card is even that still the main uh, modus operandi no certainly it's certainly not officiated well obviously you, you don't see that in inter-county and certainly even at club level it's not officiated like that but again there was a for a while that was a they were trying to I think 
that seemed to be the message going in if the third man coming in you're the one that's going to get dealt with but even in theory do you know if that's still meant to be I know in practice it's, they've definitely let it wither on the vine in practice maybe in theory it's still the big yeah, I, issue I, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so because right. you would have one ref would do it every now and again if they did or they'd go through a phase of reminding refs about it you know the way sometimes you see a kind of a, a resurgence of a rule every now and again because it's obviously come up with a referee's meet or someone's one referee's called it but um they do need to come up with something and it is a case of and whether it is as black and white as that that second, third, fourth, fifth men in and, and does it take an extreme example where you end up with a game where there's 11 on one side and 10 on another side as you're coming into the last 10 minutes because there has been a melee like that um, and maybe that very quickly will then change players' attitudes towards it. And you know, here's a point for you, James. Back in February, David Goff gave four red cards to Tyrone players who were involved in a melee and contributing to a melee now I don't know David Coldrick would potentially there have had to give out 10 red cards aside so it's, it's very difficult for him but that's the inconsistency as well Goff gives the four red cards to Tyrone players whereas here we are and I would have said this I would have told you back in February this is what's going to happen if it's a big game it'll be the old Mayo Mead 96 solution one apiece and we just move on it's that inconsistency as well it is but you see there probably wasn't that many red card Offences, yeah. Today, but it only takes one idiot to to start the whole thing off. Whereas in the now Goff's one, in fairness to him, he kind of took a lone stand and he goes, "I'm going to get, hand out all these red cards. It would never been seen before." But they didn't back Goff then because all those were rescinded, weren't they? The four red cards. Ah, naturally. Were they rescinded? Are you, are you, are you, a couple of them were. Was did one yeah, hold up? Maybe they but, didn't back yeah. him. Like. I don't know it's so uh, it, you're right though it has to be, it has to go it's just terrible <laughs> when you see that going on because it only needs one fella to do something stupid and a fella a fella could lose his eye there or he could fall and he could there could be a, a bone broken it can ruin it can ruin the whole the whole event so mm. it has to be stamped out